Hello and welcome to episode 71, hun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't have to say something there. Or 71, hun. No, I didn't. No. This is a very scary episode for us. Yes, it's only the two of us tonight. Just, Just the, the two <laughs> of us. <laughs> I'm a bit under the weather, so I can't even laugh. Um, Darren had to leave us to our own devices. We're flying solo. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just hope we can stop the podcast and I hope it is recording and <laughs> it won't ramble on for eternity. It just goes to show how much we've relied on him. <laughs> I know. He's an integral part, integral maybe cog in the machine. Maybe we can fire him after this. <laughs> no, <laughs> I like looking over at him for validation sometimes. Like, am I funny? <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you a thumbs up. <laughs> Oh no. Right, okay, so we kick off with the usual mm-hmm. TV guide. Yes. Have you been watching anything good? Okay, so I finished Squid Games, the reality show. Oh yes. Did you watch it? No. Why? I don't know. And were you not tempted at all to watch it? I was tempted to watch it, um, but it was just... My viewing time is very limited this past few weeks. Now, I have watched something. Okay. But I just thought that I would coax Darren into watching it and I wasn't getting enough time to lobby him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I watched it all and then the final episode then came out. Um, well, It was a few days after the second installment episodes. But I did love it. But I hated the way some of the things were left so so down to chance like mm-hmm. do you know and I know that is the whole point of the game yeah that there's skill in some of it there's like psychology in some of it and other things then just seem to be completely mm. random yeah. acts like that is a wee bit frustrating because you sort of want a pattern or yeah so when it came down to the final three uh, yeah, it was frustrating to watch at times. Mm, I heard that now. Yeah, and the person that won, I seen they were in an interview and they were saying, oh, basically half it goes to taxes anyway. You know, it's like lotto winners, lotto winners yeah. in the US. Yeah, that's, mm, I suppose. Yeah, like it's still a queer wallop of money. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, because how much was it? Four point something million? Yeah. Oh, Jesus, sure, even if you were taxed at, what, 50%, like, you're yeah. still getting a nice lift. A grand lift. Mm. A grand lift. So, yeah, I had thoroughly enjoyed that. And then I started watching Squid Games, the actual show, mm-hmm. again, because I, I had forgot so much of it. Yeah, so it was a good rewatch. Yeah, it is a really good rewatch. Mm. And they've been given the go-ahead for season two. Mm-hmm. Of the reality show. And then season two of actual Squid Games is coming out, I think, early next year. Yeah. Oh, that'll be great. So they're doing the casting now for Squid Games reality. Oh, and is it all like people who have a bit of an online personality? Or is it just some online personalities are sprinkled into it? Oh, no, I'd say it's just sprinkled in. Yeah, because it just seems like there's a lot of like Instagrammers and TikTokers and all like online talking about their experience in it. But I suppose like when there's 500 contestants, they're going to be from all backgrounds. Yeah, 436. Is it 436? Yeah. 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 I think 
you have to do a video anyway mm. to put yourself in. So I suppose if you have experience, yeah, you have a bit of an advantage recording. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know would I be bothered now? No, God, no way. No, wouldn't be for me anyway. You'd what? probably be quite good at it. Why? <laughs> so you'd be you're <laughs> quite resourceful. <laughs> yeah, but then if it comes down to them ones that are just completely random. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. So I had watched that. Then I watched another Christmas film. Mm, any good? Family Switch. Did you see this? Oh, yeah, I've seen the On trailers Netflix. for it. So it's Jennifer Garner and Ed Helm from The Hangover. Mm-hmm. And I forgot when I was watching it. I was like, sure, Jennifer Garner was in 13 Going on 30. Mm, that's right. Yeah, so she kind of makes a comment about that during oh. the film. Like, it was silly, but it was watchable silly. Yeah. Well, that's so, good. Yeah, I kind of like them watchable silly Christmas films. Yeah, they're comforting. Yeah, compared to that other one that I couldn't watch. So <laughs> I'll give it three three rotten avocados. Oh. And then the last thing that I watched was A Haunting in Venice. Oh, right. Did you... See that? No. no. It was on Disney. Um, so it was Agatha Christie. You know what you call the one? Murder on the Orient Express mm-hmm. with Hercule Poirot. Yeah. So he's in it. It's one of those. Oh, right. It happens. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh. I like you donuts. Yeah. So who else was in that? Actually, there was a few famous faces. Tina Fey's in it. Hmm. Kelly Riley, you'd recognise her. Jamie Dornan's in it. Right. Yeah. So it's seventy six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm, not bad. And I would give it four ripe avocados. Hmm. And it's on Disney. Right. On Team Venice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bit more confusing now than the last ones I thought. Mm. At times, but. And is it funny? Not really. No. Oh, just one of Tina Fey. I thought maybe it was funny. It's no. It's just like mystery crime. Mm. The usual crack. Oh. Tina Fey is a bit funny at times, like. Yeah. But she I, I enjoyed. So what yeah, were you watching? And um, that reminded me of something actually that I watched last night that I wasn't going to mention. Um, but now I will. Uh, have you ever watched Murderville? No. It's like this really weird show that Will Arnett does, and it's scripted, but he invites. A couple of actors on that have no script, so they have to improv their way through a whodunit. But it's really silly. Oh. So there's one on Netflix now at the minute, and it's um, Who Killed Santa, Murderville, and it's a whole big thing where Will Arnett plays like a detective, chief of police detective, and then he brings in Jason Bateman and Maya Rudolph, who have no clue like what's going on, and they have to improv their way through it and try and figure out who killed Santa. Mm, it's really funny like it's so silly but it's funny if you like those kind of SNL type improv people yeah. you know the storyline and all is completely stupid and they break character an awful lot too because they can't help but laugh at times yeah um, but I enjoyed it like it's only about an hour it's I like Willard but a crack yeah me too um, I love Jason Bateman as well but god he was so old looking <gasps> in that which I know, like, if we're saying that about a woman, it would be terrible, but I just feel... I'm glad you had the self-awareness to say that. I know, but I think I listened to their podcast, Smartless, which is Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean... Oh, Sean Hayes makes a wee cameo, too, in Murderville. But um, 
Jason Bateman goes on so much about healthy eating to the point where I'm a bit like, is he taking that rather too far? Oh, he, he is like, 54. Yeah, but he looks gaunt, like. Oh. Um, don't know if you watch it. Let me know if you thought the same. But I just thought he looked very failed, as we'd say here in Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> that encompasses so much, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it oh, does. God, he's gone very failed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so watch that. Um, I mean, I would, I would give it maybe like three point five to four ripe avocados. Are we doing half ripe by av- avocados? Yeah, sometimes right. we might have to the pip. Mm, we pip. But you know, it's, cause it's <laughs> decent. It was decent, like, but I wouldn't say it was fantastic. Okay. Um, and then a show that myself and Darren love is back for season three called Slow Horses. We did is mention this that the before. One with Gary Oldman. Yeah, it's so good. Oh On Apple God. TV. Yeah. That's the only See, part. I do listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's the one about. Gary Oldman is like the head of this group of dysfunctional MI5 agents um, called the Slow Horses. And like you figure out why they're all there. Like they're all in this place called Slow House with him because they've done something. Either they've done something that they can't quite get kicked off the service, but... Some of them are like an addict. I was going to say some something very bad there. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> well, we need to make sure Darren doesn't have too much editing to do. Um, so, yeah, it's really good. It's back for season three. And you would like it, too, because there's a lot of guesswork in it as well as to, like, who John what. Um, I love it. Like, it's 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'd give it, I think, well, I mean, I've, we've yet to complete season three, but at the minute, I would give it a good five ripe avocados because <gasps> we were raging. It's on each week at the minute, and we'd previously binged them. So we were sitting one night, Friday night, I think, Darren wasn't gigging, and we were both sitting watching TV, and we could have easily watched a good three or four of them, but we couldn't. But we had to wait. It adds to it sometimes when you have to wait. Yeah, yeah, that is true. It's a better experience, really. Yeah, it is a better experience. Yeah. So as long as you don't have to wait too long. Mm, I hate when they like take breaks in the yeah. middle of seasons, like Netflix does an awful lot. Yeah. That annoys me. It annoys me too. But I know why they do it, because they want you to keep paying your subscription. Oh, is that what they do? It? Mm. I see, speaking of subscriptions, uh, they're putting up the price of Disney to like ten ninety nine or something. Oh, God. In January. Mm. We'll have to keep it though. Because Clara watches it all the time too. Yeah. I feel like I have too many things going on now. Mm. I still don't have Apple TV. Like, <laughs> I know. I have Now TV. I have Netflix. I have Disney. Mm-hmm. I have Prime. Mm. And what's the other one that I have? Paramount Plus? No, no I don't have Paramount. Yeah, we have that as well. Oh, <laughs> I can't even remember why I wanted it. And then Darren always forgets to cancel. Oh, yeah. And then he buys movies on Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mind that, though. If yeah. I really want to watch something. As long as you don't have it on a subscription that you're paying. Yeah, like it's not a rolling fee, at least. Yeah. But, yeah, that's all my TV guide. World Slow Horses, highly recommend. World Wide Web. I was going to mention... You like the New York Post, mm-hmm. you? you? No, 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 not, no, not the Post. No, New York magazine. Magazine. Okay. Well, I seen this on. It was New York Post, mm. which you don't like. 
I don't mind it, but it's like it can be a wee bit it's a bit tabloidy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like the Irish Mirror. Yeah. Of New York. <laughs> yeah, it's just a red top, but it it has some good stuff too. Yeah. So there was an article in it. I thought this was so funny. Actually, no. I'll I'll hold the title. A ring went missing. In an extravagant Ritz Paris hotel. Mm-hmm. The ring was worth eight hundred thousand, and it mysteriously vanished from the hotel room. The ring's owner, a Malaysian businesswoman, staying a Malaysian businesswoman staying at the swanky hotel, filed a police report, report accusing an employee of stealing the treasure. But then they found the ring. Mm. Guess where the ring was? Where? <laughs> In a Hoover bag. Oh right! <laughs> oh my god! After all that. Yeah, apparently. So. They, she had filed the police report. Police began to investigate and prosecutors were prepared to file charges if it was found. Um, They thought that like a hotel staff member had stole the ring. Mm-hmm. But it was found then in a dusty vacuum cleaner bag. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But imagine like the ring was worth in euro, that's 750,000 euro. Holy God. Yeah. Mm. Do you ever leave anything in a hotel? Mm, yeah, I'd say I have nothing, <laughs> nothing that valuable, nothing very valuable at all. Well, one time I actually left my silk pillowcase behind in a hotel in Cork, and they posted it out to me. That was very nice, but d- how extra of you to bring <laughs> a pillowcase? <laughs> I know, I always bring my own pillowcase. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few reasons. Oh, why? one, I'm allergic to like cheap detergents. Oh yeah. So yeah. then I start getting big spots on my jaw whenever mm-hmm. I sleep on like sheets with like industrial detergent. This makes me sound so princessy. Second, <laughs> I normally get my hair blow dried if I'm going for a wee night or two away. Uh-huh. And the self pillowcase maintains the blow dry. So you get another wee day out of it with one. And thirdly, they are better for your skin because you're not getting creases from the starchy pillowcase covers. Yeah. I don't have a silky pillowcase. We're really ble- bleeding into a recommendation. <laughs> But I think I need to get one because whatever way I lie, sometimes I lie. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, f- for the listener, Patricia's smushing her left cheek <laughs> up toward her eye right now. <laughs> and I wake up and I have this big, massive line around one yeah. eye, but it's whatever way I lie mm. on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just face planted into the pillow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm doing a really weird thing at the moment. I don't know if it's stress related or not, but I sleep. And my hands are nearly like freaking rigor mortis or something. You I don't like sleep like that, no? No, but I like, I crinkle my hands into like pure fists and like lie on them nearly. Like, and then I wake up and my hands are so sore and I have to like release them. I'm like, what the hell was oh I doing yeah. in my sleep? I, w- I would have been doing that where I'd sleep again. This is where we need the video podcast. Yeah, she's kind of extending her index finger. I look like I have chicken wings. Yeah. Um, But it's like I'd nearly wake up like that. Yeah. My hands be like clasp down <laughs> well, i don't even want to know why you <laughs> do these things like it's not worth unpacking the trauma no yeah let's um, not unpack the trauma but yeah so, so no that's i've never left anything but actually the the emerald came out of my ring remember remember oh that last yeah. year um, the emerald just fell out of my engagement ring and i didn't know where it was all i knew was it had happened in our house and I'd also been outside with Clara, mm-hmm. so it was a full scale handling. But actually, like Dad immediately like ripped open the Hoover bag, 
he, yeah. that was actually his first thing um but it wasn't in there and yeah. like it later turned out that it was in the little like ring of the washing machine that been behind the rubber bit but um we were so lucky to have found it yeah but uh yeah Jeez. the washing machine's funny i remember one day I, l- I lost the tv remote and it was in the washing machine <laughs> like the washer wasn't on but Jesus <laughs> Christ, i know and sometimes i like do things like leave my phone in the fridge <laughs> Your mind is a bit busy, just. It would be a bit busy at times. So anyway, that was the whole crack with the $800,000 ring Mm -hmm. in the vacuum bag. Always check the Hoover bag, Mm -hmm. folks. Yep. (laughs) A good lesson. Your World Wide Web? Um, What do you see? I don't have too much. So one thing I saw, did you see the Pantone colour for 2024? Do you ever pay any heed to these? Yes, I do. Uh, Is it a shade of blue? No. Is it a shade of red? No. Pink? No. Okay. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I seen it, but... Uh, well, you could say pink. It's called peach fuzz. Oh, I didn't know that, but I seen another colour of the year. Mm. And it was different, but like, it's no mucky swan. <laughs> no, exactly. Mucky swan's an epic colour. So peach. yeah, it's called peach fuzz. So this is like the annual trending colour that Pantone bring out. Um, they use like trend predictors and AI and everything to kind of come up with this colour. And then I suppose it kind of nearly influences colour then for yeah. the year ahead more than anything else. So yeah. I'd say like they predict it, fair enough, but then it influences trends. Um certainly wouldn't be a colour that I opt for for anything, like whether it's clothing or interiors. Peach is just not really on my radar, but they say that it'll probably be probably be a big bridesmaid's dress colour. Oh, no, that's too, like... Mm, but I bet 80s you it will. vibes. Yeah. Peach. Yeah. Okay. So that's one piece Pantone's of World Web. Colour of the Year 2024 Peach Falls. Yeah, I... Not it's loving It's really it. like pale terracotta or something. Yeah, because I think this year's was sort of a magenta type shade. That I quite like. But would you have said that was the colour of the year? No, I didn't see it much because uh, what was big this year? Like blue was quite big this year, I felt. But then that's just me through my own lens of loving blue. And then the second kind of online thing, this is maybe it's more of a recommendation. I don't know. I don't know. Was I on about this before? I probably was to you in real life outside of the pod. I don't know. But you know that podcast, Table Manners, that I listened to? Oh, yeah. The mother-daughter. So it's the singer, Jessie Ware, and her posh English mum. They love food. Mm-hmm. And they bring celebrities to their house for dinner. And then they have a chat over the course of the dinner. Great concept. It's a really good concept. And they always ask them similar template questions like, what was the food you had growing up? What food do you love to make? And what would be your, like, desert island meal? Or they, they used to say death row, but then it got controversial with their US listeners. So they call it their desert island meal. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'd recommend two episodes of this. They had girls allowed on the whole band. Now, normally they'd only have one person, but the whole band. And Nadine was being iconic. She was being so dairy and so funny. Like, I was laughing out loud. Like, I was listening to it at one point when I was out for a coffee on my own and I couldn't stop laughing. 
she was telling this big long-winded anecdote about her po- she owns an Irish bar in LA or yeah. she used to call Nadine's Irish Mist and she was on about this night that the chef walked out and she just her accent in contrast to all their posh yeah. British accents and she's like like you know chefs are just wild they're well temperamental and I had to go in and start cooking and I couldn't even lift the fryers. <laughs> and she's like, I had to get Jorge, the dishwasher, to come and help me lift the chip pan. <laughs> and like Jesse's there, God bless Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny and chaotic. So that's table manners. And then they had Cher on last week. Cher, the Cher, Cher. Um, yes. And she was iconic as well. Oh my God, she's just the queen of the divas. Amazing. She barely talked about food because I don't think she eats very much, but it was so good. Like, she looks amazing. Amazing. Now, recently, in in the past week as well, I would say, I had watched the chip shop, chicken shop date. Oh, yeah, lover. With Cher. Oh, yes, I didn't see that when I saw clips of it. I didn't realize that Cher and her boyfriend, Alexander, there's a 40-year age gap. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, how did I miss out on this news? Like, she's 77. Mm Mm-hmm. And she looks stunning. Like she doesn't even look sixty-seven. No. She hardly looks fifty-seven. I know. Like, talk about if I could turn back time. Like, <laughs> she, <laughs> she has. She like, has turned. Like, and you know, you know to look at her. Oh yeah, she's had work done, but I think she looks flipping amazing. Like, because yeah. she's always had that kind of. And she's been such a glamazon. Yeah. And had a very set, fixed, glamorous look. Anyway. Yeah. No, I think she looks great. No, she's cool. She's very funny. So yeah, I'd rec- recommend if anyone's wanting to listen to any other podcast, um, a couple episodes of Table Manners would do you the world of good. Very good. Any recommendations? Uh, I have two recommendations. So first off, I was at the Belfast Christmas Markets. Mm-hmm. Was I telling you about that? No, you weren't, you weren't actually. So all day, I mean... Sinead and my other cousin Lisa and my auntie was up but me and Sinead were like raving we're like we need to get the mac and cheese we need to go to the oh mac yeah, and cheese oh yeah I saw stand. that in your Instagram story so or Sinead's I can't remember the cheese it's like they have this big wheel of cheese and they throw in the past and <gasps> mm. the mac and cheese stands in Belfast like when I was in Edinburgh at the Christmas markets I didn't see no big cheese wheel no so the one in the Belfast Christmas markets is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then they put on crispy onions and you can get truffle oil. Like, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's at the Christmas markets in Belfast, get yourself some mac and cheese. And their selection of food there mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. I've never fully taken advantage of that just because I'm normally there with mom. And then mum's gluten-free, so there's so yeah. much she can't have. And then I don't want to be rubbing it in her face. But I'm always looking longingly at the stand. Oh, I would be a hateful daughter. I'd be rubbing it in her face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Mm. <laughs> like, the selection. And, like, in the Edinburgh Christmas markets, it was lovely. But I feel like Belfast nearly had a better selection. Mm. They had, like, fish tacos. They had a Canadian stand. <gasps> poutine. poutine yes they did oh my god they did and you like poutine mm-hmm. well i do and i don't i used to like one with curry in it in canada but you don't really get it here here it's gravy because oh. Sinead lived in canada as well and she hated it mm. and then i was texting my canadian buddy and she was like you have to try it mm. did you try <laughs> it no but i didn't well if you like gravy 
cured meat. cheese curds. And cheese, the cheese curds are divine, though. Are they? That's the part I did like. Oh. Mm. I just imagine, like, cottage cheese. No, they're not. The texture of them's kind of like a squeaky baby bell. Like mozzarella? Like yeah. halloumi? Yeah, kind okay. of. Okay. Uh, so, so that was one of my recommendations. Max Famous Mac and Cheese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Max Famous Mac and Cheese. Straight from the packet. The other recommendation then that I had was monkey cups. Hmm? <laughs> Let me tell you about monkey cups. So I had got one of these for Damien as part of his Christmas present. And I can talk about it here because he doesn't listen to the podcast. (laughs) Darren only does because he's forced to. He won't listen to this one. (laughs) So I ordered a couple of them and I was so impressed. So they're reusable coffee cups. But they have such a nice style. Mm. They're like glass. And then they have like a silicone band on it. Kind of like the keep cups or not? Like the what? Keep cups. What are they? They're like glass with a wee silicone band and a hard plastic lid. There's a picture. Yeah, they're kind of like keep cups. They look nicer though. Yeah, these the color selection. Now they're 25 euro, but they're such mm. good Where did you get them? Because I actually make a darn one for Christmas. You should. Am I too late now? They had really good delivery. So they're based in, hold on now, I just want to get my facts straight here. Mm-hmm. Monkey cups. I was going to say, yeah, it's Waterford. I was nearly going to oh say All right, Wexford I will there. order then. So monkey cups, Brista Standard, coffee cups made in Waterford, Ireland. They began with a sketch fueled by a passion to turn the tide on single-use plastic disposables by creating a range of colourful and stylish reusable alternatives. So the lady that came up with it, she's years experience within the design, hospitality, food and beverage sector. And she just seen the growth of the coffee culture and the need to provide nice, reusable coffee mm. cups. But I'm really fussy with my coffee cups. Mm-hmm. I find that some of them now have a really good one as well. The last year that I got last year for a Secret Santa gift. Mm-hmm. But I find sometimes coffee cups they can go a bit smelly yeah and they can nearly start off smelly i know yeah there's just a taste yeah so the reason i got one for damien is because i had got a coffee cup from duns and he started i was thinking he'd never use this mm. and then he, he stole it it went missing on me and he mm-hmm. was using it since so i was like i'll get him a good one oh now. that's good that's a good practical gift yeah just thought it'll add to his gifts for Which Christmas. Is, um, but monkey cups, I think they're so cute. Mm. So it's free shipping on orders over 50 euro. Mm. And they're 25 Maybe euro. Which seems... One. I know, I think I'm going to get myself <laughs> 25 euro seems a bit pricey. But when you do the girl math on it... <laughs> Definitely. It's actually not pricey at all. Mm. And they're mm. really good quality. Yeah. They look lovely now. I'll definitely be interested. So that's all my recommendations. Okay, well... I only have kind of two quick ones as well. One is, and I'm slightly loath to recommend it because there aren't many sizes left online now, right? But I ordered a dress from Get That Trend because I saw a blogger called Jen Wood wearing it and I had to have it. So it's like 
navy, mm. high neck, long sleeve, midi, tight, like really tight. And it's like, oh my God, it's beautiful. Um, and it looks like a skim stress. Oh. And if you go and get that trend and type in Russell, like R-U-S-S-E-L-L, it's in navy, khaki and black. And I got the navy. And I think I might just get the black as well because I tried it on actually before you came. Oh. And I usually I come up after I've tried something on and I'm like, Sharon, is this nice? And like this time I was like, oh my God, how nice is this? I just loved myself in it. I think it would suit every single figure. It's oh just yeah. gorgeous. So tell me the name of it again. Russell. Russell. <laughs> um, it's like kind of satiny, slinky, but stretchy. And it's got a really, like, you could dress it up or down kind of thing. Like, you could wear it to a fancy work thing. You could nearly oh. wear it to a wedding with a nice hairband. You 45 euro? Yeah. It's so nice on. Is it here? Yeah. There's a bit of rouge detail. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Very nice. So I'd recommend that. Now, there's very limited sizes in the navy and the khaki, but I think there's pretty much all sizes in black. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love a nice all-rounder dress like that for before the festive season. And Indeed. it just looks like a skims dress. Or skins. Skims? Skims. Skims. Yeah. <laughs> Cold um, whip. <laughs> and then <laughs> my second recommendation is, we talked about this actually not on the pod, I don't think, but um, our a friend of the pod and former sponsor of the pod, Simone from OTT Boutique, had shared on her stories one evening about oh, that yeah. she was wearing really, really sheer, like 10, ten Denny or 10 tights from pennies. And it gives that lovely, like, when you want to look a bit, <laughs> a bit hot on a night out, but not go bare legged at the same time. Yeah. So, and it brings a bit of edge to your look. So wearing like really, really sheer black tights. Um, but, but Simone's tip is, and it's so true. Like you yeah. have to tan your legs if you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I saw on TikTok, a few people saying if you actually buy more like 20 denier and brown tights, then you don't have to tan your legs and it still looks quite the same vibe. Of I don't know how I feel like about that. But I've seen, it, I'd, like in theory it doesn't sound that nice, but I've seen it on a few people and they look cool. Like I've never worn brown tights in my life, so I don't know. Brown tights just triggers me to think of tan tights. Yeah, but they're not like tan tights. <laughs> but I know that's how it's the same. And then... Um, the tights that I found for just the black look that I like. So um, in Dunn stores, they're called Velvet Luxury Matte Finish Tights. And I get a 40 denier for like nights out because that's about as sheer as I like it. Like it's still very sheer and like I have a lot of leg <laughs> to cover. Like and I, I get extra large in tights all the time. Like and they're still a wee bit tight on me. <laughs> I swear to God, something. Back in hell, I'm gonna start lobbying for XXL tights, and then I go for 80, 60 or 80 for work. Then oh whenever yeah. you just want like full coverage on your legs, but they're full lovely. Coverage. They're a lovely tight. <laughs> the denier is that how you pronounce it? You can say denier, but I think it might be denier. I don't know. Denier, yeah, I didn't even realize you can go as low as ten. Mm, apparently so. Like I've never seen that in Duns, but pennies I think have ten. Which is like fucking hardly anything. Like I feel like you get a ladder in them looking at them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, this is another hack I've seen on TikTok. Um, apparently, if you wet your hands a little bit before you pull up your tights, they won't ladder. You know the way you get to that point where oh. you start pulling them up your thigh and yes. then they go all gapy. 
Apparently, if your hands are a wee bit damp, that won't happen. Okay. I've yet to try. Try it. Get yeah. back to us. Yeah. So, is that all the recommendations? Yeah. We've no trivia. No. Well, I have a tiny bit. It's not really oh. trivia, but it's like a wee story I saw on Facebook today. I don't know how we are for time because Darren's not even here, but I'll, no, okay. I'll run through it very quick. Did you ever hear the story of Catherine Switzer? No. So, she was the first woman to ever run in the Boston Marathon. Um, in 1967 which sounds like oh okay no big deal but I was reading her whole story so basically she was training away and she was an amazing marathon speed endurance everything runner Mm -hmm. and she was like oh I'd love to do the Boston Marathon like the the creme de la creme for runners and athletes whatever and her trainer was like yeah women aren't don't register for that and then she looked up all the details on it and it didn't say anywhere in the handbook that women couldn't register Mm -hmm. so she registered with just her initials like kb switzer and her her trainer her boyfriend and someone else they went as a team um and then it was all grand and she got there and some people were kind of like oh my god cool you're gonna run like this has never happened before it was all men there was like 500 men all there with their numbers on and um, the next thing as she was running men start getting really aggressive and like chasing after her trying to rip her number off and trying to like pull her down onto the ground that oh. they didn't want her running at all and then this one man got really angry and he started like pulling her arm he pulled, they were wearing gloves because it was cold or whatever and he pulled her glove off tried to get her number off and if your number comes off you're like disqualified but he didn't quite get it off and then her trainer and her boyfriend knocked him to the ground kind of knocked him out and they all kept running then her boyfriend who was also an athlete started going mental with her being like i'm gonna get kicked out of the athletics association now because of you and she's like what uh, i can't get over the I know, and she's this. there like trying to run like and she's like I-, I never asked you to hit him and he's just like no f this basically and then he ripped off his own number and just left and they broke up, obviously. Yeah, they broke up, like, in that moment. And her trainer, who's called Army, Army was like, come on, you have to keep going. Like, you, you can do this. And the whole time she was always on about this heartbreak hill is meant to be the hardest part of the Boston Marathon. And she's like, I just want to get over heartbreak hill, even if I don't finish. Like, how apt. Her um, after going through heartbreak. I know. And then she was, like, said to Army after a while, like, oh, when are, will we get to heartbreak hill? And he's like, we like finished it ages ago <laughs> and she was like oh my god so they only had about three miles to go and they completed it and when they got, they got to the finish the media were all over her they'd been following her the whole race like um this was back in the 60s so they were taking photos and everything mm-hmm. and when the newspapers came out the next day there was all these messed up lies about her somebody saying her boyfriend rescued her from an attacker during the race all this all these stories concocted like no reporter even properly spoke to her um, and everyone was being so sexist toward her. But anyway, she did it. And then 50 years later, when she was age 70, she ran again <gasps> and she got the same number. Um, so, yeah, there's a whole book about her. But I just read this one big article about it. And her name is Catherine Switzer. And I thought it was very interesting. That's amazing. Mm. Why isn't there a film about it? I know there should be. I just thought it was such a cool story. But, yeah. I thought you were going to say then that her and Army rode off into the sunset. I know, but that's probably what they would do in the movie adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the crack. We're winding down now. That's all the crack. We don't even know how to it's turn I it I off. I, I, I swear I know how to do it now. Okay, so we'll 
Shout you all next week. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm gonna put up my hands again.